You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. I still had to turn myself up. Oh, that's way better. Jeremy, it's August. That's all right. It's uh, episode 271 of the New Utah Podcast. Oh, it is the second. What What are you doing? Do I have bad breath? It must be the dog underneath us. You, you're like waving away at your nose. Like, because <laughs> I just started talking, you started waving at your nose, and you've got this look of disgust on your face. Well, Phoebe's been on some meds, and her farts are even nastier than normal. Did you say yeah. episode 271? I was distracted. Yeah, I by did. The I did. And you're don't don't talk any louder than you just did, Bree, because I'm going to turn you up over here, and you're going to end up spiking. You're really low. Probably because your mic's pointed down and your head's like higher than your mic and it's a whole thing. I was kind of away from Yeah, that. your mic's still low. There I know. Thanks. <laughs> just, I'm just, look, we've been out of the studio for a, a week. Just Things, everything goes to hell. Just like fucking shit basket, hand basket of the cats shit. are in here messing know. stuff up. It is the cat's room when we're not here. Um, they live behind the curtain. Don't um, look behind the there's, person. There's a cat ass behind you, Jeremy. Uh, Fucking out. Prevents the dogs from coming in here. Oh, yeah, in the door. The little cat yeah. door. So there's a there's Damn. a cat door in the bottom of our door, which we almost lit on fire creating the cat door. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, I, I love that cat door. This room is now relatively pristine. Boone doesn't, I don't think, really usually get up on the table very much. He sleeps on all I of the chairs. I think before he used to because, like, Phoebe would come in here and he could get up here and... And now it's a sanctuary from I the bet dogs. the room breathes better, too, though, because you can close it, but it's still going to get a little ventilation. Yeah, it still gets ventilation. So from... it doesn't get stale and dog stinky. Yeah. Like it does, has in the past sometimes. Yeah. Well, and the dogs aren't allowed in here unless right. we're in here, so... Um, it's kind of nice, actually. I like that uh, addition. Um, yeah. Man, your chickens, when this, we had my birthday party in your looking, house, and I went over there and I looked at your rough. chickens, and I'm like, you guys, there's like four chickens, three or four chickens that look like they don't have any feathers left. Like, Well, so molting is normal, but because of the heat, they like have been in a molt for like three months. Okay, so that's not just because they're old as shit, because but, they were missing like all their feathers. No, that is molting. However, the last of the old ones died. We went out there yesterday, Jonathan and I were doing some stuff. And we've got the main chicken coop, and then outside in the yard, there's a smaller chicken coop that I put the chicks in when we've got chicks. There's no chicks right now, but the older chickens that grew up in it still go in there. And I see a chicken in there, and I didn't think a whole lot Where's of it. Where's that at? I didn't notice that. It's right on the outside part by the chicken bath. Oh. It looks like, like a dog the, house. On the backside? Looks like a little dog house, kind of. Okay. But it's actually for the chicks when I've got chicks yeah. to separate them from the bigger chickens. And I see it in there, and I don't think a whole lot of it, but probably three or four hours go by, and it's hot as hell. And it's still inside that and thing? it's still in there. And I'm like, that's got to be like 130 degrees in there. And I'm like, Jonathan, go see if that chicken's alive. So he opens up the coop. And, of course, all the other chickens scatter. When that one didn't come out running, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's dead. Yeah. Sure enough, stiff as a board. So, yeah. But that was the last of the old ones. So Now all, you have a haunted chicken coop. Oh, it's 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 been haunted for a long time with all the chickens that died <laughs> in that thing. <laughs> and then, because of all the rains, which, grateful for the rains, but that toxic, crappy rain that came down. When was that? The big storm over the weekend? Sunday? Yeah, like the the really big crazy So the storm. one that cleaned out the air, all of that crap went in my pool. Because you didn't have it covered? Well, we had it covered. Oh, it doesn't matter, th- though. I there was so much yeah. of it that my pool's like toxic green, so we're 
draining it down. Shock, about you're not just shocking it? I did, and it did nothing. Really? It's that bad? Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, crap. So we're draining it about halfway, see if the shock will take off, and if not, I hate to do it, but it's so bad, we'll probably have to drain the whole pool. and refill. Well, it'll heat back up pretty quick. Yeah, with these with these temperatures, but it's just I've been so like we've made it this far, and this is the first year we made it this far without it turning green on us. So I was so excited, but then those storms, but they pulled out all of that gunk, all that and crap that's been in the air for the a while. smoke from the fires and just everything else, and just yeah, right into the pool. Yeah, I mean, speaking <laughs> of that, speaking of that rain, I mean this this monsoon. So this is the thing: Utah's always had a monsoon season. Yeah, uh, but this last storm was was one of the worst we've had in a long time across the state. And the problem is because the state's so dry, the the ground we're having a lot more flash floods because the ground can't, can't absorb soak it. it up so yeah. it's not already a little bit when, moist. When it's a little bit wet, it's like if you've got a sponge that's a little bit wet, it'll soak up a lot. But if you've got, if you get a it's sponge out and it's rock hard and you try to wipe up, it doesn't do it anything. It just pushes the water around. Did and, you see the train that got derailed in southern Utah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the it's like Cedar City, like we're, we kind of watch it still because that's where Cassie was up until last year. And just like a part, like they were already have having a housing shortage for the students. And now all these places just all these student flooded. apartments with basements are all flooded. And, and, uh, I mean, this has been going on. So Cedar City, Southern Utah, the train derailment, that's a fuzzle like a week and a half ago. Like that's been going on for a little while. But just like this last weekend, the storm you were talking about, Jeremy. That, that, a lot of that was northern Utah, um, what, Sunday night, I think is what oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was like, that in 24 hours, it dumped like three inches of rain in some parts of Utah. Like in Tooele, it was like two or two and a half inches in 24 hours, which is an obscene amount of rain for Utah to begin with, but, on top it's of the like dry the conditions, whole, like seasons, seasons worth, worth of rain in one, yeah. one day, and you get all of that in uh, dried out soil, and you end up with a lot of flooding, and so yeah. a lot of businesses uh, all over Salt Lake, and especially out in Tooele, and then Enoch. I don't know if you guys saw Enoch down oh, there in yeah. the county, but holy crap, that whole town was just underwater. And the well, hard and- part is. That water's not going to stick around. It's not like that water's going to fill our reservoirs back no. up. It just, it's just gone. Well, it's, and then like East High, it, it, yeah. its gym is underground. Like it's... Under the water table. Yeah, it's not... Because you don't expect a high school on a hill to... Yeah, flood. and it just like... There were videos all over people driving past it and just... You could just see the water just like pouring down the stairs like a waterfall. Did you see the video of the guy who's, who had the window open in his camper? His RV. He had the window open... Uh, and the top, like the sunroof thing, are open, and he goes to to open the door, and this it's a flood. It comes out so hard it like knocks him over. <laughs> it was like that full. It's that crazy. would be so sad. I know, ruin your RV. Also, I did have one more thing that I didn't put on the list. I want to talk about real quick. So, uh, as part of our anniversary, so it was our twentieth anniversary last week, Heather and I. Congratulations. Congratulations! That's a long time. It is a very long time. So, one, I updated our ring. So we were we were poorer than poor when we got married, mm-hmm. and it took everything I had to buy our wedding ring. And I've been promising her forever and ever to add. So, actually, technically, it's the engagement ring that she has. It's just a band with the, the diamonds on it, but she's always wanted the the band that goes with it, and then you solder the two together. So I finally, after twenty years, got her that. So she was super happy about that. And then for me, she booked this tour of the Great Salt Lake, this boat tour of the Great Salt Lake. <gasps> oh no, <laughs> no, not nice. It's too low. So we went out and we did the boat tour. So how the, was it? The low part of the water was e. So like the docks, though. Seriously, the docks there are not in water at all. But this was a pot flat pontoon boat so it was okay 
But because the water is so low, those horrible little flies that almost ate Ebo alive yeah. are everywhere. They're, oh, yeah. they're so concentrated because the water's low. So we go get in the boat, and as the boat starts to and we notice our guide is, like, fully covered. He's got on, like, hoodie and, like, glasses, and, like, you can only barely see part of his face. And we figured out why pretty quick, because as soon as we started to go, the whole boat was, like, engulfed in those nasty little stinky fly things. Once we got out past it and then went out into the lake, it was fine. But right up against the shore, it was horrible. But So the funny thing is, though, the seagulls are running right along the shore with their mouths open. Just running full speed. And just eating yeah, them all. Yeah, with their mouths open. Ah, and then, like, all of the, Anyway, it was kind of cool. It was kind of fun. And he actually brought up the whale. <laughs> yeah. The, the, by the way, a fake story. I just want everyone to know that's completely fake. Was it fake? It's absolutely 100% fake. It's been proven fake multiple times. The whales. It's still a great story, though. It is a great story, but, but it's fake. Then I talk about the history of the Great Salt Lake and how it flooded and burned down and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean... Because of what we do and all the stuff we talk about, it was all stuff that I knew, but it was still a fun little tour. And oddly enough, we had two people from Alaska, two people from Arkansas. And like was this, it a, was it one of the dinner cruises? No, which thank God, because I couldn't imagine eating dinner with those freaky flies all over the yeah. place. No, it was like an hour. So it was oh. just kind of a go out, go along the coast, go past the salt air and then go out and then... Uh, it was kind of cool. We get out a ways and he takes a bucket and he scoops it up and he has everybody touch the water and it... it because it's so low, the salt content is like even higher. Oh, than it's usual. crazy high! It felt like uh, dish soap. It was weird. like it like had so super soft. But yeah, weird. like if you jumped in there, you'd be floating. Like you don't even. And, he, and he's like, you don't have to. If anybody wants to lick it, you know, go ahead and lick it. And I, I licked it. Is like gag you salty. Oh yeah, it's like, really really salty, and especially with cause, so. So he was saying, we're, it's 12 feet low. It's 12 feet below standard. Wow. It's that low. And its average is 30, 30 feet deep is the average. So right. it's like, it's not even 20 feet deep right now. In the deepest parts. Yeah. <sighs> and like the, the, the shore that you wade in goes on forever. I mean, it's like a mile to get to the water and then you have to wade forever. Before you're deep enough, because there were some people like kayaking and, but they were like, they were practically out to the buoys before you were in enough water to like actually wow. swim. It's, yeah, it's insane how low it is. And anyway, it was kind of fun. It was something, it was, was kind of cool. Something different. It was, it was interesting. That is cool. Kind of cool. That is cool. Um, so I had a, I'm still sore, man. On Sunday, I cleaned out my garden finally. Because I've just been so disappointed because nothing has survived that I just, like, didn't give a shit. I let the grass overrun everything. And so I went out there. I was like, I got to clean this up. It looks horrendous. And I, my cucumbers and my zucchini are actually, like, going to grow. And my carrots are growing. I should make sure they can grow. So I took – I bet I was out there for four hours pulling weeds and uh, cleaning stuff up and – um Cleaned it all up. Now it looks like I don't really have a garden. <laughs> just like everything's dead. Uh, it was just, just so hot. It killed everything. everything. Um, so I've got like a couple turnip plants that look like they're, they've survived, uh, and they're, they're good to go. Um, and then, you know, some cucumbers and some zucchini and all my potatoes are fucking fine because those things, yeah. potatoes those, fine. those things grew fast and whatever. They don't matter. So I can dig those up whenever, but, uh, and a few carrots. Um, so, um, it looks better, but I found a massive zucchini. It's the first thing I've harvested <laughs> all season. It's like the season. size of a leg. <laughs> it's, but it's really thin. I was surprised. I wonder if it's even got that much seed. It's a child's leg. 
Because it's pretty thin. It's huge. That's so funny. It is, yeah. But it's funny how you have like no garden and then you pull this thing out of it. I go out there and I'm like, this is like a fucking three foot long zucchini. I know by now we've usually had like several loaves of zucchini bread Uh, and like it's it's been our tradition um, to send the girls with chocolate zucchini bread for like when they start school. No, this is the first year that Sean will kind of be starting school in a normal way, but we're not going to do that. But it's weird to not have... Yeah, tons right. of zucchini That's the and first zucchini, zucchini bread. Zucchini I've harvested. Zucchini there, cakes. And... There's one other little one on there. Uh, it's just now to the point where it's fruiting, and it's like you know, it's the beginning of August, which is crazy. Usually by now you've had so many, and we're given like the chickens ten a week. Yeah, ours totally died. Ours totally burned up and died. Oh, like, man. So well, your chickens will get a treat. Now zucchini, like our Swiss chard, is like so bitter because it oh, just didn't get enough water. Our peas. We're so bitter, we ended up giving basically all of them to the chickens because it just didn't have saying. enough water. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a weird... That's that's just the way it... Man, that's the way it works. So uh, I'm going to Las Vegas next week. Uh, I'll be gone all week. We're going to pre-record that show uh, before the weekend. So you guys don't have to miss out. We've never missed a show. Why, why should we start just because I'm going to a conference? Five and a half. Not quite five and a half years, but close. Yeah, getting close, getting close. Uh, I'm, I'm, this would be an interesting conference. So this is the conference that when COVID first started back in March of last year, I mean, it started before that, but this conference was scheduled for like mid-March, right when basically everything kind of shut down. Um, and there was a lot of stuff, and they canceled the conference the Friday or the Thursday before the conference, which started on a, like most people were traveling on Sunday for a Monday start. Yeah. And we'd pre-recorded. We had yeah. everything lined up and they canceled it short notice. So everyone was scrambling to cancel flights and try to get refunds on hotels and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, so they're having it this year in Las Vegas. Um, in right. August. And of course, Clark County just issued their mandatory mask. Mandate. So now you've got the CDC that has updated mask guidance. Um, I don't know if I want to get into it on the podcast. I have some strong feelings about why they changed their guidance and, and what those numbers look like. Um, but maybe that's not for the show. <laughs> he doesn't want me to talk about it. <laughs> Heavens know over, over the last year, we've had a lot of conversations about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about it for hours. Like this, the, the current numbers are, uh, uh, interesting to say the least. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, originally it was you have to be vaccinated to go so i've i've actually had to like prove vaccination and sign in with an app and i have to take my vaccination card just in case um to prove that i'm vaccinated to even attend and now because of the cdc guidance and it's a big event indoors mostly and also clark county's under a mask mandate in vegas um uh so we have to wear masks the entire show while we're inside which ought to prove for an interesting week because it's going to be like 110 fucking degrees all week in Las Vegas. Um, this is a pretty professional conference. Like it's slacks and button down long sleeve shirts primarily. Um, so not a lot of shorts and short sleeve shirts. And so 110 degrees. And then this is what's killing me. <laughs> so I didn't realize the Caesar Forum Convention Center is actually behind the Lincoln Haras. No. And it's connected via sky bridge no, to the sands. Maybe. I thought it was on the Caesars property. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll just get my hotel. I'll just stay at Caesars. And then right. my hotel room will be in one of the conference areas that I'm doing a lot of stuff. I had thought about staying in the Lincoln originally because I wanted to check out that property. I don't generally stay at the same properties in 
Vegas. I like to see the different ones right. so far. My favorite still so far, I think the Aria was really, really nice. Yeah, the Aria is uh, so nice. And I actually really like Planet Hollywood. That's that's one of my favorites. Planet Hollywood's a fun one. Uh, Planet Hollywood's great, and they've got that mall. But I really like the hotel in Planet Hollywood. I think they do uh, a good job. Um, but anyway, I don't like to stay in the same hotels. I like to try them all out. Um, and so... Now I have to walk across the street, <laughs> which Caesars are crossing the street to where Hara's and it's Link. like the fattest, busiest part of the street. The, like Las Vegas Boulevard, you can't just cross it. Like you have to go down to the end and that's cross That's like the over center where it bulges out, right? Like what that. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's where, you know, where, where the Sands is oh, right before the wind and the Encore, yep. Treasure Island. They're all right there. Uh, and so now I have a long distance to walk, <laughs> which is fine. I'm not going to have, you know, that doesn't bother me, but, um, the heat is going to kill me because all dressed up, yeah. butt down, long sleeve shirt, fucking sweating balls. Yeah. By the time I walk into the convention center, <laughs> dripping wet and wearing a mask. <laughs> I don't, this will be interesting for sure. Um, for sure. It'll definitely, uh, affect which, like where I go, so I kind of did the preliminary schedule thing because this is a huge conference. Like, it's forty thousand plus attendees typically, and then you have all the vendors and everything else. Like, it's a it's a, so is over- it like Comic Con where you pick and choose different things to go to, or do you have like mandatory? No, so there's nothing mandatory. So it is like a lot like Comic Con uh, in that sense where you do have. Um, a lot of panels, a lot of educational stuff. There's a lot of continuing education credits that you can get there and certifications that you can get um, as part of the HEMS membership. Uh, and there's there's some like topic guidance type stuff. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of educational. This is a it's an interesting um, convention, too, in that, you know, most most conventions uh, are typically like especially for medical stuff. You have a vendor hall and that's all like Comic Con. You have a whole bunch of vendors selling shit related to whatever the convention is and then the rest of the convention is educational stuff it's all ces and and panels for educational stuff for the providers of those associations well hymns is a healthcare technology summit and so all of the vendors are also attendees oftentimes and so the vendors are actually able to go to the courses without having an attendee being an attendee which usually you have to be one or the other and so attendees obviously don't have exhibitions on the show floor but they also do a lot of educational stuff on the show floor like they have big like interoperability symposiums like they have these theaters where they have various uh technologies that they've connected together to show the patient traveling from one to the other and they have a bunch of cybersecurity stuff in one area and so you do spend a lot of time in educational stuff on the show floor as well. So it's an interesting conference. Um, I've never actually done attendee stuff. I've, I've been to it to exhibit a couple of times. Um, so I'm really excited to go, but I will definitely inform where I go and what courses I decide to jump into yeah. a little bit better. So is it like the Stark Industries convention? Dude, it's, it's, it's <laughs> weird because Comic-Con's so big here or Fanax. Uh, this, this, I think, actually feels a lot bigger. And it's across three convention centers. That's really cool, though. Well, it's like when we went to the Allied convention and they were... Why did they even have that? I can't remember now. It was in the Aria. Was it in the Aria? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we stayed in the Aria. Okay. So we had that convention and I got to go to it a couple of years ago. Then last year they did it virtual. So they decided to do it virtually again this year. Um, but it's the same thing. Like there's... There's vendors all over. You can go talk to insurance carriers and 
and tech providers and, and all sorts of people. And they have breakfast and lunch and breakout sessions that you register for and that build on each other. And I think most conventions are most conventions that I've been to are basically kind of like that. Well, when you go to user conferences, like what Allied is, that's, that's right. But I've been to other conventions too, but I'm just saying that's just my experience with conventions. I don't know what our dog is doing, but she's like holding my foot. And if I move my foot, she grabs it and pulls it back over by her face. She she wants to smell your foot. Well, I don't know what you stepped in, but it smells good. Uh, I, I'm guessing you put this on the show notes. About I, your, I did. Your mom. So I, I kind of keep forgetting about this as it's happening because I'm not going. But uh, this Friday, supposedly, my mom's getting married at Taylorsville City Hall at noon. So if... You know, anybody wants to go nice. and <laughs> sure celebrate, wrong. you know, I, I personally won't, won't be there because, you know. Com- is he coming to your wedding? No. No, he's not invited. Is she coming to your wedding? Yes. Okay. With <laughs> my aunt and their cousin. I mean, maybe he'll fly to Hawaii and hang out with her, but he's not coming to my wedding. He's not invited. Yeah. So, and if he goes to Hawaii to hang out with her, we probably won't see her the whole trip. Yeah, so. I don't think so. I don't think he, I don't think he will. So but. Is he moving into her place? She, oh, oh, he's, he's already, already there. He's been there like the whole time. Oh. Supposedly his place is almost already cleared out. It's all Some, in her storage unit. Oh. That's why she wants to get rid of her lawnmower. God, I don't know what's going on with that woman. Anyway, <laughs> so I, I guess she's getting married. Her new last name, I think, is going to be D- Davis or something like that. So. It, it doesn't matter. I had to ask because I haven't known his last name this whole time. Yeah. Well, we've we've only met him like three times in person um, because... I don't even think I've met him that much. Yeah. I think you've met him more than I have. So we are joined this week by uh, Ryan Barton. Probably of, the first uh, guest we haven't slaughtered the name in like six months. I didn't I even didn't ask. Have to ask. Yeah. Ryan Barton. <laughs> kind of like Barton. John Smith. He is from Utah, so I can just say Barton. Yep. Barton. No yeah. one's Barton. Like, do you even say Barton? Barton? No. You say I'm Ryan Barton. Yep. Um, some, some people like from high school, especially with my brothers. Um, so I have, I have three siblings. Um, it kind of caught on that they'd all call us Bartone. Bartone? And so, were you Baritones? Yeah. We were like the, no, no one's saying we weren't Baritones. We didn't do anything, but yeah, Bartone. We were the four Baritones. Yep. That's a band right there. It does so, sound like a band. So dumb. Or like a distillery, the Bartones. No, that's <laughs> not a distillery. That's not even close to distilled, a distillery name. Distilled in the mountains. Yes. That's still not Bartones, <laughs> man. Nothing about that's Bartone. Bartone is like so that would be the a name bad pun on a no. That would be the name of like the Glee Club group, you know, like Bar-tones. in Pitch Perfect. The Baritones would be a one what that is fit it? in a, the Treblemakers. The Treblemakers. <laughs> Treblemakers. I like that one. Yeah, there was I the, was the, the <laughs> well, the sock puppets or something. The Sockapellas. Sockapellas. <laughs> they fucking sing with stupid sock puppets, but they sing. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, you very very. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the Pitch Perfect series. It, they're so good. They're just they are funny. Mostly the first one, but we'll watch all of them. We well, own all of them. The first one's hilarious, and it's because they were just on the edge of like taking themselves seriously, but also not. And it's the interaction between the two commentators. Yeah, I can't fucking which remember is their almost names. all completely ad libbed. By yeah. the way, those two she, steal the movie. She's from the uh, the. 
Jack and something make a porno, whatever that. She's, Jack and Mary make a porno. Yeah, yeah. she's from that. Yeah, she's, she's in yeah. a lot of stuff. She's yeah, actually she's and, and, and he's in like he's an extra or a he's a it, he's a big game show host. Yeah, everybody. he's a game show host and he's really funny on it. But, yeah. yeah, that is so funny the way they're at each other. And and as we see, women really shouldn't have a right in anything, right, Barb? <laughs> <laughs> Just like this stuff he says is like what? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I love that series. I will watch them. If they're on TV, I'll just stop and watch them because they're so good. They're funny. And, and I like the music. I'm a, I'm a, we watched, uh, an episode of Lucifer yesterday. Oh, is that good? Oh, I love Lucifer. I love Lucifer. It's, previews, it's, but so, it's so good. It's so dumb, but it's still good. It's, uh, it's, it's again, it's a, sh- to get into, but. it's a show that, uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely a drama, but like, he's hilarious. It's a he's, show about a guy who is the devil. And he doesn't on, ever lie. So he's walks he around telling people, that. I'm the devil, and nobody and they all believes just him. Laugh. Oh, yeah. Sure. oh, yeah, just because your name's Lucifer. Oh. But his name's literally Lucifer Morningstar, which is the devil's name. <laughs> it's, really, it's really great. So they did a, a musical episode, because you all have to do a musical episode of everything now. But they did it because God wasn't there, and God kept making them all sing. So God makes you have a musical. Not really necessarily God, God happy. Like, he just likes everybody to sing. Did you ever see the It's Always Sun in Philadelphia musical episode? I don't know if I saw the musical episode. That one's pretty funny. I don't know. Anyway. This, this is not about we TV We should get back shows. to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> this is about Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and my brothers, our acapella group definitely does not follow yes. pitch perfect. Or so no baritones. It's not a real thing. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's start way back in the time machine. What month were you born in? Uh, July. October. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, so my parents show. are probably, uh, like uh, end of July, beginning of July. So like middle July. So they're probably, you know, July what? working off, uh, getting ready for uh, Halloween, decorating. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is it I, is it October? I feel yeah. like there's no reason in the, in the middle of October. I guess it could uh, be in early October. Look, look, maybe it's a key party. It, it's starting to get cold. You, you let, know. let me tell you, I'm also a mid July baby. My parents were fucking on Halloween at a party because I was a shotgun wedding baby as well. I found that out this last year. Isn't that nice to find happens this year? You know how I found out? Not by mention of my parents. By finding the marriage record <laughs> and doing some of my own ancestry. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They got married in May and I was born two months later. Hmm. It's a miracle. Quick, quick gestation, gestation that's period. Right. I, my whole life I thought they were married. No. Had me and had my brother and You're then decided Jesus's things baby. didn't work out. That's not true. <laughs> Yeah, I'm of the age where I should probably dig in a little more and find out. No, you, you know, don't. Without all the gruesome details, but, you know. You want some of the details. Y- y- like, you know, what, <laughs> what was their life like during that time? <laughs> to be honest, I'm not even sure if my parents were still in Michigan. So, wait, are we twinners? So, what, what, when's your birthday? 20th. Oh, so one close. Day off, one, one day off. One day off, 21st? On the 19th. 19th, okay. One day off. See, our parents were thinking the same thing. Bow, we're probably chicken, bow, completely bow. different years, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. You like yeah, that's what I was going to okay. say. All right. Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots. Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. Sorry. All right. So where were you born? Uh, here in Utah. I believe St. Mark's Hospital. So that's where Charlotte I was Valley. born. Yeah. No, I wasn't. That's where my kids were born. I was born. born Pioneer, I was born. Holy. And you grew up here in Salt Lake Valley. Yes, I did. East side of the valley. I went to Oak Ridge Elementary, Churchill Junior High, Skyline High School. So I did notice something interesting. Uh, so two weeks ago, for the twenty fourth of July, we played that absolutely hideous 
Utah song, and you. I refer to that in. You yes. were one of the like kids that had to learn it and like perform it when it was new, right? Yes, I, I, <laughs> we had like legitimate rehearsals. That was pre. The, that was pre the state adopting it as a state song. So those. Like, yes. What year was this? Do you think? Roughly? Um, I, I it was. Let's see. So I was in fourth or fifth grade, probably two thousand two, three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It, so I we, mean, I was about so four or five year? years old at that time. Yeah. Did it, they write what, it for the Olympics? Because didn't we say it was written in ninety six, something like that? But yeah. it wasn't adopted. Until yeah. Not not two thousand and three. It became the state the song. state song. Yeah. Did you get to perform it at the Olympics? No, not that would have been two thousand, Jeremy. Well, um. But yeah, I mean, no. we, I, I just remember like, 2002? Yeah, rehearsing 2002. It incessantly multiple times a week with so our Olympics. musical director at the school. It was just, and it was not a great song, obviously. No, it's not a great song. <laughs> we, we played, well, no, we didn't play it in its entirety because it's too long, but, or did you, did you outro the whole thing? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but you were one of the lucky ones that got yes. to sing the original yeah, version. I mean, Jeremy, there, there I are musical, had no clue like, what was, well, Jeremy, I guess, did because of his kids, but kids, I had no clue. My kids sang it when they were in, like, grade school. I've never fucking heard that song. I you know what either. state has a real state song? Texas? Texas. Everybody knows that one. <laughs> Deep in they the heart. fucking sing it Texas. everywhere. We were, after Is we Oklahoma that, song that Oklahoma okay? Because that's a no, good song. No, that's from the musical. No, that's, that's not from that Yeah, but I wonder if they, uh, uh, did they ever They're like. They're too stupid to adopt that. State song. They, didn't, they don't want to have to pay Rogers and Hammerstein every time someone okay. sings it. Okay. I, I, I bet Rogers and Hammerstein would have just like, let Fuck no, they would have. They have tons of other songs. <laughs> yeah, and you know how come they have money? Because they, they don't. They're dead. Well, yeah, but their estates do. At people don't just give music away unless they're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so even uh, the RSL uh, chant the the song for the club. Oh, that Brandon was Steinecker. The, Brandon Steinecker yeah. ranted, and he had a fight with the club, and they didn't play it for a couple of uh, events because yeah, but we all know the words, wanna, so we just sing it on our own, which, which is okay. But the club can't broadcast it, and that's the bigger thing is the club uses it in a lot of promotional stuff. And that's really, it's not so much the in-stadium, though playing it in-stadium is also something that he wants royalties on. And I don't blame him. He did that for fun as a fan. I was going to say, I haven't heard that in a while. You're right. Yeah, but I, speaking of RSL, I am a season ticket holder with my Yeah, but are you, in a, are you in a supporter section? Um, No. And when we first jumped in, we were kind of tempted to. like We almost went in like the standing section. For a little bit there, and then my so the uh, on the south goal or um, so the, there's the one in the uh, that's where we are. Yeah, that's so where our seats are. Yeah, we were tempted to do that, and I have um, been in that section before. I love it, um, but my brother has kids that he often takes to the games, and just didn't really want to. He won't. so where are you guys at? So we're uh, like we're section four. Okay, so, so you're like side, on the opposite but side but between the, same. the between the. Uh, South end zone and section 34 where the chants tend to collide sometimes and oh. they're yeah. a little off beat. We, <laughs> we get to enjoy section that. Four, <laughs> section four is basically section 35 on the south end yeah. of the field. Right. Yeah. So, I know because I can see the numbers. Because it goes 36, 1, 2, 3, 4. I know. I can see the numbers. You don't know. Whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> how, so, how long have you... You guys have been season tickets. I've had season tickets since they opened Rio Tinto, basically. He And he used to go to the games up at the U. 
And oh, we've been going right. since we started dating, so I've been going 11 years. Yeah, I didn't go up to the games at the U really too much. I no, just but you kind of went. But, but no basically, since they've been in Rio Tinto, I've had season tickets um, in one place or another. We haven't talked about it a whole lot. How has this year been? Shitty. Yeah. It's pretty Although the last game we went to was freaking awesome. Uh, if you want, I'll go on a fucking diatribe about how Freddie Juarez should not be the head coach. But like, it's what not- the hell, man? He can have so many damn substitutes, it's, and he's going to wait until the freaking 85th minute every time. It's not going to matter, though. He, none of that personnel is going to change until they get new ownership, until the league figures out how to sell the team. And the, the problem with selling the team is it's entangled with all the shit that Deloitte owns. So uh, we yeah. got the Academy. Like Atlas. No, it has nothing to do with Atlas. Oh, he has contracts with Atlas to do his garbage disposal and his recycling. But Deloitte Hansen, so, so Utah soccer was comprised of the Royals, the Monarchs, and uh, Real Salt Lake. Now it's just the Monarchs and Real Salt Lake because the Royals were sold off to Kansas, which we bought them from to save them from complete failure, but whatever. Uh, so we have the two pro teams. We have the Academy here. Um, we have the training facility, the Zions Bank training facility with a second stadium, which is also contracted with the rugby team, um, that is really quite good apparently. Um, and then of course we have the stadium. We have America First Field, uh, which is the practice field that the first team uses. Um, and then the academy has housing and stuff. All of that stuff is owned by Deloitte Hansen. Not all of it is under the umbrella of Utah Soccer. Some of it is owned by Deloitte Hansen, and Utah Soccer has a contract for a lease. So, for example, like the the housing for the academy. So we go get kids from all over the country, all over the world, bring them here to Utah to eat, drink, and sleep soccer, and then learn some fucking math uh, <laughs> along the way. I mean, that's basically it. It is there, a STEM right? school. That's, it's so. a STEM yeah. school. So it's like... <laughs> it's like STEM education and soccer, and there's yeah. not a whole lot else. They don't have a fucking theater department at this school, right? That's not what this <laughs> this school's about. They're not putting on any plays. Hey, but- does anybody want to do any ex- extracurriculars? It's soccer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they have, but but they have housing there for all these kids that are from all over the country to come and live and go to school. Uh, but that housing is owned by a different Deloitte Hansen company and leased out to the club. It's so, just this web of Deloitte. Yeah, there's this web of entanglement of, of different stuff. So getting a proper valuation on the club, and oh, by the way, the year they were going to sell it, fucking Major League Soccer collapsed because of COVID like every other pro sports league and tried to figure out how to do shit. And so here we are now, stuff's picking back up. Houston just sold its team for like, I don't know, some fucking ridiculous number, like $400 million or something. Yeah. And so that's kind of what you're looking at is like MLS isn't going to sell it for a small franchise fee. They're going to sell it for a lot of money, and it's finding the right owner. The problem is Deloitte Hansen was in charge. Ryan Smith from Qualtrics, who bought the Jazz, was going to buy Real Salt Lake. That's what I thought. Uh, and then Deloitte Hansen was Deloitte Hansen, and Ryan Smith's like, fuck you. I don't need to work with you. You can keep your fucking shitty team and, and lose money. <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah, basically. I think those were the exact words. He's like, I'll go fucking buy a real team. And he bought the Utah Jazz, and the next year... They're making their like a pretty good run at the championship. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I anyway. Long story <laughs> short, Freddie Juarez is a, is is a big miss, uh, and I think that's been a problem with the team for a while. Basically, since Jason Christ not being able to get a coach from outside the organization, every single which was coach, also a Deloitte handsome fuck up. Every single coach that they put in place since Jason Christ is from, in fact, even Jason Christ was from the fucking organization. Um, but the coaching has always been a promotion from within instead of going and finding a real coach and letting them build a team, uh, going and finding someone outside of the team for 
um, being a technical director, for example, just finding that talent outside of, of what's already in the team. If all you do is promote the people inside the company that have not been successful, huh. you're not going to be successful. Like there's a reason that the team has not been able to do more with less, uh, in the last few years. So, uh, that coupled with the fact that we don't have an owner that can spend money because right now what the com- what the team can do in terms of spending is very capped by the league, um, so they're on a, a pretty tight budget. So we're not good. That's a long story. Uh, <laughs> we have some lucky some lucky times, but we're not good. Um, we're very inconsistent. Why the hell is Albert Rusnak the captain? Because he makes more than anyone else on the team. <laughs> yep, that's that's literally the only, the only reason. So supposedly he's like a really big person in the locker room and he really uh, is cohesive with the team which well, i great, wish but he's I not a leader on the field as fans yeah like, we don't see what the locker room yeah is like. well and you don't see it we on just, the field yeah you're not seeing him directing or yelling or doing anything on the field to direct um and you're not seeing great play from him on the field either right now right. so uh even you know even his national team's like yeah we're good. You stay, stay there in Salt Lake. Go ahead. It's fine. We want you to have to travel. <laughs> yeah. It's COVID stuff. I'm sure you that's the reason. baby. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, this isn't really about Real Salt Lake. Sorry, I went on a rant. <laughs> I went on a long rant there. I apologize. I've got a lot of thoughts about RSL. We just haven't talked not. about it much, but that's why I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not a I'm not a professional sports or even a, a fake sports broadcaster. Uh, I don't pretend to be. There's there's other folks that do that sort of thing. So. Go listen there, but I'm glad that you're. Uh, I'm glad that you're a fan and a season ticket holder. That makes me <laughs> yeah. happy anytime I find people uh, of of similar ilks. Uh, that's a that's a big deal for me. Um, so you grew up here. You went to school here. Where'd you go to college? Uh, the U University. Of so you went to college here. Good, yep. good. Studied so, uh, engineering. I did. Yes. So, uh, you know, we've no, had- he studied podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually a course they probably teach I, now. I'm sure it is. Yes. But, um, Probably when he went to school, it was a course even. Um, so I got to ask, because um, engineering, so a lot of people growing up, they're like, yeah, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a doctor. There's not a lot of people that are like, yeah, I want to go into engineering. I yeah, definitely wasn't one of those people. Who? There's lots of people that want to be engineers. Well, yeah, but not like as kids. You know, so I wanted like to be a, an architect when I was a kid. Yeah, which is weird. Oh, well, I'm weird. So it's but like, weird. yeah, at what point in your life were you like, <laughs> I want to do engineering? Um, honestly, it was first year of college. I graduated high school and I immediately jumped into college. I did a summer semester and I did some sort of like macroeconomics course and I just did not love that. And I was kind of fucking love economics. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I thought it was still interesting. It was better than like high school because I like got to pick the course, which I thought was awesome. I put more interest in it. (laughs) I get to pick something. Yeah. And so it was like... That was kind of awesome, but um, and then I was just kind of looking at all the fields, and uh, job security was probably the main sell for me as far as um, engineering, and uh, it just so happened, fortunately enough, I was decent enough at math, and so I just kind of went down that course, and as I kept studying and like even through life experiences, just seeing what engineering is capable of and doing, um, I... I went in and uh, just it, it was just kind of confirmed to me that en- engineering's it, and I'm going to stick with it, and um, it's been rewarding, and I found a great company to work with, and that's why uh, Jeremy knows me. I'm another <laughs> one of those York employees, currently employed by York. Um, so those that 
listen to our uh, interview with Stephen. Was that two weeks ago? I don't fucking remember. Whenever that was. If you didn't listen to it, go listen to it because his story is amazing. He sells everything. Does was his world the, tour? Was that the short. death card episode? That was, uh, I was, can't remember. No, that was uh, last week with the Native Americans. I don't. What? What? The death what? card was when was we were talking week. about this is the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we were talking about the with, indigenous with folk. The Native Americans did not strike Sorry, the, me a little bit. Anyway, yeah. go listen to that. The point is when Stephen left for his world tour, Ryan took over as the liaison between my company and York. So that's how I've gotten to know uh, Ryan over the last few years. So, Ryan, what, what specific specialty of engineering? So structural engineering. Um, when I studied at the U, I actually got my master's uh, research degree in structural engineering as well, and I was doing... Um, uh, some accelerated bridge construction testing in the structures lab there. So basically putting together giant Legos and pushing them over, trying to simulate an earthquake. Um, whereas here at York, I'm doing more like residential engineering. So not quite the same thing I was doing in school, but I, I find it much more rewarding just because I can take one thing and do the whole thing from scratch rather than um, most engineering firms where you do like these taller structures and things like that you're focused on one thing the entire day like a bolted steel beam to column connection and you just detail that out and um, spend most of your time on that whereas where i'm at i can do a few homes in a day and um it jeremy has some awesome custom ones that i enjoy doing so so how how much actual work is involved when you get a set of jeremy's plans in terms of like how much actual engineering do you have to do well with jeremy he's like one of our best designers he just has like <laughs> the most experience so i get it and it's just like it can even be a more complicated plan and we often don't have issues so they generally go by much quicker um but as far as like work i mean even some of his crazier custom ones we can usually do in a day or less so with with engineering, I'm I'm always curious when you know that cross between an architect and an engineer, like with with engineering in particular, um, how like are you actually drawing out the beams? Are you just making sure that the way he's designed the structure is going to support it? Like what's the what's <laughs> so the level of what you're doing? They there? say an engineer will give you the best square box you this, will ever have, but an architect will make it look nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, and that's kind of how the relationship works is like you, you really got to work with, be able to work with the designer or architect. Um, some are more experienced than others, and it's very apparent once you receive a set of plans like, okay, this is going to be a hassle or this is going to be um, a breeze. And more often than not, Jeremy's are a breeze, but every once in a while there's, and, and he usually calls and knows and like, okay, I'm struggling with this part. What, what do I do? Typically, it's like a roof question or something like that. How is this going to lay out? But Jeremy, for example, he does most of that drafting layout, brings it to us and we're done. When I had it to them, it's probably 90% yeah. drawn. And I, like all the beams, I put a question mark on him. So all they have to do is like <laughs> fill in the blanks. <laughs> and size it, of course, make sure it's the right size. Yeah. But yeah. That's wild. I've just been doing it for 25 years. Yeah. Well, you just know what they like. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I think I told this story with Steve, uh, Steven. Uh, you know, I, I was going to go to school for engineering. I took a mechanical engineering course and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't want to draw fucking nuts and bolts and shit. Like, that's not my thing. <laughs> I'm just not into drawing that stuff. Like, 
and I totally understand that. There's there's moments where it can get monotonous, but um, but you enjoy it. I enjoy it. It helps to like go out and like see the results of like what my work is doing, and um, just get that understanding. And I guess I've always loved puzzles and things like that. So when I get something tricky, um, it's awesome. Just trying something new. Um, that's how I feel about like software design, which is what I do. Like. When you find something tricky and like that's complex and that's some of my favorite stuff or like when I get, you know, a fucking massive data set with, you know, six million records figuring out how to slice that data set to be something useful is something I'm really into. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm a boring nerd too. Just in a different <laughs> in own way. So like for me, the, the typical Utah home, I, I couldn't even tell you how many of those I've designed like thousands. Oh yeah. So when I get like these super funky Frank's St. George plants yeah, yeah. that are like 5,000 square foot ramblers with flat roofs and balconies and all this kind of stuff, for me, that stuff is fun. That's a challenge. And... It's not your typical Utah rambler that's the same thing you draw over and over and over. So those are always a lot more challenging, but, but I kind of like them because they break the monotony. <laughs> yeah. And they're as much fun to engineer. We love getting different stuff and. Um. Yeah, and they're especially fun to go visit. Yeah, I actually want to go back to your masters because when I read that in the little bio thing that you sent us, um, I thought that that was a, a a really cool thing, and I was like, how did a guy that studied like accelerated bridge construction end up doing home stuff like structural for for houses and and commercial buildings? Yeah, it it kind of fell into my lap to be honest. So I was um. While doing my bachelor's degree at the U, I was working in uh, the structures lab, mm-hmm. um, helping other students with their projects. And most most of the bigger projects we do in that lab are simulating these accelerated bridge construction, which is essentially um, multiple concrete members that are cast off site and then brought in and immediately put down. And because that's relatively new technology, like. I remember the first time they did. So like in, in the state of Utah, um, I can't remember when they were doing, I think it was the I-15 expansion. It was the first time they were using the, uh, um, like the, they were building the bridge offsite and then moving the whole thing in place. Suspended slab pieces. Yeah. And so where I grew up near, uh, like Churchill Junior High, they, there was two bridges right there that they did this in a series of a couple months. And it was quite, quite the spectacle. People would go out on there, you know, nearby and watch them just like roll these big old bridge planks out and set them down, set them together. And so it's awesome in that it helps reduce like travel time and loss of time traveling due to construction because people can just continue driving, not even notice something happened because you set it down and the next day you can use it. Um, but with that comes some inherent challenges as far as those connections typically aren't great as far as if an earthquake hits. Yeah. So that's where my study came in was to try to help. Well, that's, that. I mean, that's definitely a concern in this state. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, like, so the, the, actually the bridge that they're building for the, uh, Bangator overpass right down here on 62nd, um, you know, as they put those I beams in, um, you know, I think there's like 10 of them that span, uh, across. I can't remember how many there are, but essentially w- they put those I beams in in three days, these giant fucking I beams to, to throw across here over the course of three nights. But I looked at those, and I bet there's not but two or three feet of I-beam on either side of the actual, like, earth earthen structure that they've built. And I'm like, 
that can't be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes you a little structurally, concerned. <laughs> and, then, and then like as they put these up, and then I saw like it was like two weeks ago, a truck had hit a bridge and actually shifted the I beam off. Uh, one of the I-beams off of the earthen structure from one of the bridges. I don't remember where this was at. I don't know if it was in Utah or not. But, like, a, a semi had hit it and, like, pushed it off. I'm like, fuck, is that going to be the bridge over by my house? Like, that's going to be a pain in the ass to as long repair. As, you're not, as long as you're not living under it, you're good. <laughs> right. And I guess that's, like, kind of another reason why I went into York Engineering and I've loved it so much is, like, I can spend two hours and I'm already on a different project looking at something new, whereas... Something like this, and I, I experienced it through my research, is you're staring at the same thing, and it can be years of your life staring at that same thing, trying to get it to work or whatever. Like, what, I mean, what are you doing? Just using, like, or, like, math to make sure that your your marks are correct and that the, the beam's not going to fall over? And- right. Well, I mean, with what they're doing, it, it obviously, it probably it's a lot quicker. Some of them are a month or two so, uh, with those bigger bridges or buildings. Um but like with my research, it's obviously all theoretical. It's mm-hmm. like something that hasn't been yeah. done before. And I, I then have to kind of invent the math for it <laughs> and like doing that in the research environment while going back to where it came from. I was in the structures lab. This project kind of fell in my lap where one of the professors that was working in the lab came to me and says, Hey, I've got a project for you if you want to do a graduate degree. And, you know, it's going to be paid for by. Uh, an in, interested company that wants to learn more about this accelerated bridge design. And I was like, sure, I'll jump on a free school. And, you know, I kind of got paid a little bit on top of that for to help you know, to time. do a master's. <laughs> and so, yeah, it fell in my lap. And, and, you know, now that I'm officially done, I actually didn't get my degree until a couple months ago. <laughs> but that was just due to like thesis paper and things like that. Now, now it's done. I'm saying, okay, that was great. That was awesome. But like, during the years of that research and spending all that time, that was difficult. If, if money weren't an issue, you know, I probably wouldn't have done research and just done like a coursework graduate degree, which they also offer. So, but I, I think the research thing is, is way cooler personally. I mean, I, I get it. Like you just get bored <laughs> of shit. You're like, it's the same fucking thing. Right. I just did the same test. <laughs> Give it more time and maybe my opinion changes. And, so. <laughs> um, yeah, is that research being used at all, by the way, the stuff that you've done? I mean, I know it takes a long time for that to be published. and Yeah, so my specific research, it's already been used and it has been used for quite some time. Um, what I did was actually kind of did a scaled-down version of a bridge up in northern Utah, somewhere in Linden, part of the I-15 corridor. And um, it was it was kind of an accelerated bridge of design that was done way before a lot of these earthquake codes that we have now are in place. You say Northern Utah. I think of Linden as Southern. Uh, well, just because it's south of us. Is that Linden? No, sorry. Uh, Linden's like Pleasant Grove, American Layton. That's a little bit north. That's uh, Hill Air Force Base space. I don't even know my own research <laughs> anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a bridge up there. I mean, technically, Linden's Northern Utah, too. It's just right, like right. 20 minutes south of us. but Right. Um, but no, it is north of us physically right now. Oh, okay. I so maybe definitely got the Layton. wrong city. <laughs> um, That's okay. I, I I always get like Lehigh and Nephi and all of those all the highs. things. Yeah. yeah. All like, the Mormon uh, names. I don't know. They're some, somewhere. <laughs> Manti is over there. Anyway. Manti and way. Like, I, I don't know. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> Ephraim. Um, but yeah. I think that's south, right? Santa Quinn. That's south. They're all south. 
Okay. So anyway, my, my specific project is that that one's obviously in use and they're like working on fixing it up so it is up to code. Um, but uh, it was it was a specific uh, item from a Japanese company. I was actually funded from a Japanese company that um, splices these concrete members together and they use it for like a lot of their buildings, bridges, things like that. Um, and so Japan obviously is even more concerned about their earthquake and oh, engineering yeah. and design. They have way more earthquakes, yeah. Um, so it, it's in use. My specific, um, ideas they have, they're still working on, and I'm sure we're going to see it in one form or another if we already haven't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even published yet, so no one can really refer to it. It's just, it's out there and I follow it when I can, but not too invested in it other than <laughs> maybe I get some royalties. But you off did, my you did complete it, right? Yeah, it's done. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, that's always cool to be like professionally published in some capacity, I think. Yeah. Um, I still have a I don't have that. Jeremy does. He's written some architectural slam poetry. So <laughs> pretty sweet stuff. I don't know. Uh, so I hear, okay. Um, I hear you broke your skull. Uh, Jeremy said it's a cool story, so I think it would be worth hearing. So um, this was actually down in Provo at the, like the Seven Peaks Water Park, right? Seven Peaks. Ah, yeah. So okay, not in the nice. actual water park. There's like uh, an indoor hockey rink and some like indoor oh, soccer fields there. That's next to it. And I was actually getting recruited for um, one of those summer sales bros companies doing some sort of like pest control or something like that. Some sweet door-to-door uh, solar sales. Yeah, so, something like that. Some vacuums, some curvy vacuums. That, it was, could have been alarm cells <laughs> or pest control. Yeah, I, I, I could I've been there. I've sold fucking vacuums before. <laughs> and and so I did uh they had like this Zorb soccer thing they were doing as part of their recruitment party or whatever. And so you're in this giant bubble running around trying to play soccer, but it's like more football than soccer and they have you strapped in and um I don't exactly remember what happened. Um but apparently according to my friends that were there, I was diving out like dodgeball and um at the start of uh, one of these halves or whatever and dove out to try and get in front of the ball, flew out of my bubble into someone else's bubble and we knocked heads. They actually so those, s- those big ones like blow up the chair. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're like in it, but there's like a hole at the top or whatever. So I flew out of the top and um, <laughs> I hit heads with someone and I don't remember the next two hours of my life, but apparently I was conscious walking around. Um, I just don't remember it, but I ended up in the hospital um, so does workers comp cover that since it was like a recruiting event? So I, I was still a student. I don't even think I was working in the structures lab at that point. Yeah, I'm just wondering since it's a recruiting event, if like that company yeah, feels I, the obligation to cover did it. Did you get the job? I, I'm no. sure, I'm sure you signed, I'm sure you signed a waiver you didn't read that said you can't do anything about it. It doesn't matter if you sign a waiver. I know. Stop talking about it. Insurance. Permit. I honestly don't think a waiver was signed and like talking with my uncle who was an attorney about it is like man there's a pretty good lawsuit here for you if you want yeah. so i didn't really fight for it or go down that road i should have you're a poor college student <laughs> i probably should have retrospect that was you were trying to get a job life. as a vacuum salesman like that you definitely needed the money yeah um but yeah i ended up in the hospital and actually so i fractured my skull and that was my first broken bone 
um, had a full on like craniotomy because I had internal bleeding. Say, yeah, if you're losing (laughs) Um, memory, you got some bleeding probably. Definitely concussion. You know, two hours of just yeah, not. So how many symptoms do you still have of the? So that that's what's awesome is I I have an excuse you know for like brain farts and things like that like oh uh, yeah I had a traumatic brain injury when I was (laughs) twenty something um I don't even remember what age I was type of things but um no um it was funny because. That was actually the week before my first finals week in oh, God. <laughs> at the U. And um, it's not like I was being studying hard for it or anything, but when you have something like that happen, they give you like a year <laughs> to take your finals oh, for really? that semester. Wow. And so, yeah, but that sucks because you have to go back. Like if you if you wait a year, like you, you don't, you fucking it, yeah. forgot everything. Yeah. Like so, no I way. took it. Two weeks from that point. Yeah. I, I mean, I had some minor headaches when reading, studying, but nothing beyond that. It was, I was super lucky. But you don't feel like there's any kind of long term, like actual long term effects, or do you actually have some memory issues? Probably not related to this at all. Um, just you know, <laughs> smoking age pot. in general. And, <laughs> age, yeah. age. Excuse me now. <laughs> I was in fourth grade in two thousand. I'm so old. Just, just work overload and too many things to I don't want to hear remember. it Ju- I don't want to hear it, Julia <laughs> you were going to lean in and say something you're young and two uh, <laughs> say I wasn't even one yet <laughs> uh, Sean wasn't even born yet yeah that's uh that's uh interesting like is that your first time in the hospital too um for any yeah. other than like minor stitches or whatever yeah I mean so another story is my dad's a physician he well, he's an OBGYN, and um, mine too. <laughs> and so, like, I I got stitches probably three or four times before that, but it was like on oh, my kitchen table yeah. at home from my dad. And, Baby um, Rose out. So, but in this <laughs> specific instance, my friends brought me home, and my because my, my dad told them, "Hey, just bring him home. We'll see how he is." And I get out of the car, and I just vomit like blood in our front yard oh, <laughs> and like, oh, my dad's man. like oh, okay this is bad let's get him to the hospital we this is outside my expertise this on like, the kitchen table yeah. <laughs> um like oh, popping a lot so i mean i guess i had experience of like medical field and things like that but um of my personal memory no this yeah this is my first experience hey congratulations join the club <laughs> first time i ever spent time in a hospital i broke my leg pretty severely yeah had to have a surgery like the day the next morning <laughs> I still got the plates. I still bitch about it. It still yep. bothers me. Big freaking big baby. But that's the only time I've ever been in a hospital for like an actual hospital stay. And then you Except know the when you were born. Ev- everyone's favorite question is like once they learn you have a plate in your body, you're like oh, does it set off the alarms of the airplane? Like, no. no. <laughs> you know how little shit actually sets those off? Like okay, so all those metal detectors, um, they have uh, sensitivity settings that they can adjust. Right. So like. At the Real Salt Lake game, I always take off my watch, right? It's a metal band. It's a metal watch. No, won't set it off. No. In fact, let, but one my of the security, stilettos will. Yeah, one of the security guys is like, yeah, that's <laughs> never going to set it off. You just leave that on. You don't need to take it off. I'm like, what? And at the airport, like, same thing. They'll never, surgical steel will never set off an alarm at the airport. Which, you know, much less a small little belt buckle, not even like one of those Texas size ones, just a small little belt buckle and they make you take that off. Well, because yeah. like even my stilettos like, will set it off. So the steel the heel in my metal, shoe yeah. will set just off. Set you're going to make a bomb out of your little tiny belt buckle. Yeah. You know what? Dad got his belt buckle 
checked at Disneyland every single every time, time. And every time he'd have to take the belt off and he'd waddle through the thing with his pants about to fall off before he could put him back on. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't wear big belt buckles. I don't wear belts. I'm not a rodeo star. I just wear regular belt buckles, not big I, ones. I just have the metal, like, <clears throat> like thing that pokes through the thing. That's it. <laughs> That's no called a belt. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't wear belts. Well, maybe you should start. Huh? And I don't wear any, anything with metal on it to the, to the airport anymore. You gotta wear my belt. Pants fall down. When I was a kid. You could always wear pants that fit. When Truth. I was a kid. They don't um, make pants that fit fat, short people like me. Yeah, they do. Sure. Sure. They do. Stretchy pants. They do. <laughs> just wear some just suspenders. Just look at the petite section. <laughs> but, they don't uh, have men's petite, Julia. It's not, it's not a thing. So when I was a kid. It's called husky. Um, Damn. When I was in college, when, when we used to. It's <laughs> um, real. He's he was, so red. Your team was so skinny when he was little. He doesn't know this. But I bet you had to wear huskies when you were a kid. No. No? And you've always been super broad, though. Like, yeah, but husky is not a No, shirt. but it's, it's like... A, husky's a pant thing, and yes, yeah. I did wear I husky pants when I was a kid. No, husky is a size. When I, was, I know that. No, when, I was, when I was little, before puberty, I absolutely was a little fat kid by the time I women's was Women's like is just 10. curvy. And yeah. uh, it's husky. Maybe you should wear women's pants. The waists are skinnier than the <laughs> it hips. Always, it always bothered me that I had to wear husky. And then when I started going through puberty, and I went, you know, I was a starving college student, like, I lost a ton of weight. I was running like seven eight miles a day uh jeremy was like maya's size when he was growing up yeah now now with my broad chest like i'm borderline big and tall but i'm not tall so So just big i'm just big and so like big and tall i look like i'm wearing a fucking muumuu this is a button down shirt it's a muumuu dude when you are not even five feet tall i just don't even want to hear your short people problems it's funny because i can wear like a large or an extra large and it's fine Except at the shoulders. Yeah, the shoulders down. Like, I will, like, if I have, like, a large button-down shirt on, I will rip it if like, I move my shoulders. Oh, it's so tight. Yeah. But the oh. rest of it's fine. <laughs> Even though I'm kind of a chunky kid, but uh, it's my shoulders, man. They're so broad. Uh, we used to go to the airport when we were in college, and this is before... 9-11. 9-11. So, like, security was much different back then. You could just walk through. You could just, like, oh, I just want to fucking... I'm going to go with sit in the... Watch airport, the yeah. It's, it's Saturday night and I'm high. Let's go to the airport. <laughs> I used to go there to have dinner, like at the restaurants. And yeah. Then, you or just go sit there and wait with your friends and, watch, and family and wave goodbye to them. Watch the planes and stuff. Uh, and like, I remember we went one time and I'm like, okay, all the metals out of my pockets. I'm gonna, we're just gonna go in. It'll be uneventful in security. And I was wearing steel toed shoes. <laughs> that's why you just get the pre-check because this was pre- have to worry about this was pre-shoes having to be taken off that didn't, yeah. pre-check didn't exist no because no. because you didn't have to fucking take a ton of shit out of it. you could pack whatever the fuck you want my brother when we were kids guns knives, my brother whatever. so do you remember pogs you probably don't because they were before you were born pogs were these stupid fucking cardboard discs about yeah about this but, big and, around and your shooter was a metal yeah it was a giant metal shooter and they were supposed to be collectible but you fucking took this metal like hockey puck thing and fucking threw it at this cardboard how that remains collectible i don't know but anyway my brother <laughs> my brother about, was man. really into pogs and pog containers because they're little circular their discs are just long cylindrical tubes that look like fucking pipe bombs. It's true. My brother goes to get on a plane with a pipe bomb looking thing in his bag. Of course, that trips security at the airport. That's about it. 
He could have had a giant vibrator, a, like a <laughs> like a sixteen ounce bottle of lube. They didn't give a shit back then. But the pipe bomb looking thing, they like open it up and they're like, like it's just it's kids' toys. It's pogs. They're like, what? Because this is fucking tube. It looks like a pipe bomb. You know the real issue with airport security is like international flights. Uh, coming back from Brazil, they they didn't check anything. I mean, this is post nine eleven too. There's just nothing. I just walk in, you know, full suitcase or whatever, and just not a single check. Oh yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't most, matter. It's like that. That's where our European flights are quite a bit different than like South American flights. Sure, because uh, sure. South American flights they just don't. It's kind of like Texas flying to Texas. They check all of our guns like two and three times, and all coming back from Texas to like what you got in there, and you like list the guns. They're like, okay, put the sticker on it and like send it. They don't yeah, even. It just depends. It just depends, like on the the TSA that's in that locality. So yeah, in Texas they don't care. Yeah. They honestly don't care that much here either. I brought back a bunch of glass bottles and I forgot and I just had them on like my carry on and we have pre-check. And so I didn't think about it and I sent it through. Oh my God. And then there was of, this pause and I, and I looked at bottles. Chris and I went, Oh shit. That's my, I know it's my bag. <laughs> They're like, ma'am, can you show us what's at the bottom of your bag? And it's just all these empty glass bottles that I was bringing back for recycling for a company that we oh, support. Yeah. And you can say their name. Oh, all I know, but he doesn't know. But anyway, like there were probably what 10 of them. If he listens to the show, he's heard about it. But there are them like later. 10 of them in baggies in the, and I had just forgotten. I'd just thrown them in the bag that I keep like my blanket, my they're book, and my pillow. And they're just all these little empty bottles. Like, I'm just trying Meanwhile, everyone's drugs. staring at you, sorting like, through your own bag. Yeah, and they're like, what in the, <laughs> the world? Good, the good news is no one gave a shit because it was in pre-check. Yep. And they all just walk right past you. Yep. They all just were like, okay, what's She's this the one person where they're too. like, why the fuck does she have pre-check? Yep. Yeah. But I had just totally spaced that they were. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if they could have. They would have been in my my roller bag. They would have stopped to I, me too. And I'll say this about pre-check. I'm sorry, we're not really going to interview the rest of the time. We're just going to keep talking. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> they keep going off on tangents. Pre, pre-check's really great because uh, the line is virtually nothing, and the process is so easy. But holy shit, clear! Now I don't know if every airport's like Salt Lake. There's never anyone in that clear line. And people that go there, they get, they just get fucking dr- pulled right up in front of pre-check people. Like, I don't understand what, why clear is so much better than pre-check, why they get, but that, there's also literally no one ever in the line. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to give that company money because I don't know if they're yeah. going to be around long term. I think TSA pre-check because it's through TSA is probably going to last. It's probably going to be there a while. Yeah, that clear. And then they're, they're like hounding you. Do you want to sign up? Do you want to sign up? Do you want to sign? You could be through this line right now. Do you want to sign oh, up? Oh yeah, if you're if you're in the pleb line. The longest I've waited in pre-check is like five minutes. Yeah, I I can't imagine flying without pre-check anymore. Yeah, especially in the new airport when you can't see the line <laughs> and you you're just like walking up and you're like, oh wow, the pre-check line's pretty long today. And then you get up past the line and you see all the people winding back and forth like this, and you're like, yeah, it's definitely worth the money. 90 bucks for three years. Yep. Wow. Background check. You go get fingerprinted. <laughs> we don't fly hardly at all, well, but it's worth it. I used, used to, to, that. I used to used fly to a ton, and I just can't. Any slight edge I can take to avoid lines and weights after having not having to deal with them for so long, I take because I, I flew way too you much. You don't have to take your shoes off. That's a huge Yeah, bonus. actually, okay. honestly, pre-check, even, even with the three or four times a year I fly now, 
pre-check is worth it. I don't have to take my shoes off. I don't have to take my shit out of my yeah, bag. Yeah, you don't have to take anything out of your bag. I just I empty my pockets and I fucking walk through the scanner and I pick up my shit. I never have any problems. It takes me like two seconds to walk through security, which is also a godsend if you're running late. So I'm going to the Salt Lake Airport for the first time in two years. What should I expect? A Who are long, you? long, 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 <laughs> long walk. Who are you flying through? Honestly, I don't know. If it's it's from Salt Lake to Vegas. If it's what, Delta, it's, Delta, it's not fine. too bad. If okay. it's one of the others, maybe you're fine. You're going to get like an extra it, walking hour. When are you flying? Uh, Friday morning. For just the weekend? Yeah, just the weekend. I'm going to Vegas on Sunday. <laughs> for the week. I, I, well, I won't. Uh, I guess I, we're coming back Saturday. It's actually a, a company party. We're oh, doing, oh so nice. Y- if you call, no one wants well, no one answers, That's why. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, the Vega, the the Salt Lake Airport is a really well done airport in terms of, I I think the way they've they laid it out is the way most modern airports are laid out, um and you don't see all the really cool shit that they've probably done underneath in terms of like baggage handling and stuff. The one big mistake that they've made is the connection from the A terminal. So you have the big security entrance. Everyone goes through the same security checkpoint. The yeah. old airport. There were like two main security checkpoints plus the international terminal no one ever used. Um, so now it's all one big giant security checkpoint that everyone funnels through. And it's it's huge. But you come in and you're at the beginning of the A gates of the A concourse. And A goes all the way down. If you've ever been to like Denver or Atlanta, those airports where you just – there's just a long it's concourse. Like a and they, they have a B concourse and I think they're also going to build a C concourse eventually. Um, uh, so they have the A and the B open now. The problem is to get to B, you have to walk pretty much all the way down A, then go a long walk from A to B underground. There's no train. It's all walking. There's a couple moving uh, walkways. But it's all walking all the way down. And then once you get to be, if you're lucky and you're by one of the gates that just opens up, it doesn't feel so bad. But if you're in like a puddle jumper or one of the smaller CRJs, they don't have all of the terminal built yet. You get and another so 10 minutes of walking. You got to walk all the way down to the end of the gate. And then this is the best part. You go outside. Get on a you bus. You walk down a ramp. You get on a bus that drives literally about a hundred fucking yards. There's too much liability in letting a bunch of people walk because out. Because the there's tarmac. all this construction going on. So oh, you yeah. get on a bus that takes you about a hundred yards, which you then get off of and walk up a jetway outside to get on a bus. But plane. this is all temporary. All you people that are bitching about this, it's <laughs> okay. all no, no, no. temporary. But I don't know how the cement in the walkway. Here's is. dude, you don't know what's behind all that here's, shit. There's a bunch of pre-constructed stuff but, that they have prepared that it's not open yet. But here, you think that the engineers are speaking of this? You yeah. think that the engineers are like, <laughs> we're building one walkway and that's it. That's all you people get. I'm gonna have to turn your volume down. You're getting excited. You told me. <laughs> you told me you turned it up. So why I don't know why you did that. I know I turned it down. I'll definitely do it again. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Um, uh, but th- the biggest problem I see is that that movement from A gate to B gate is such a, a long walk, and it's just a walk. Most modern airports have a tram for right. a reason that goes from the terminal to an A gate to a B gate to a C gate. And I think it's fine if your terminal is connected to your A gates, but you really need some sort of like train or underground transportation that helps people get there faster. I am still convinced that there is a plan that we do not there, see. There is a plan. There is a plan to do an underground tunnel from A to B. And I, it's, I don't think it's going to be a train, but it's another underground tunnel, but right at the point that's after security, basically. But here's my problem. Why didn't they fucking build that and open it first? 
Because B-Gate is already completed over there. Because maybe there's some reason that <laughs> with opening that, it causes problems with construction. That tunnel's probably a long walk, too, so they got they had to figure something out. Yeah, but out the, the tunnel's <laughs> fine. Like, if it was just that, that like underground walk from security to the front half of the B-Gate, I think you'd be fine. I don't think you'd have people complaining. But they chose purposely not to open that yet, and I'm not sure why. Speaking of engineers at the airport, I'll have to ask my brother because he's in. Is he one with, of them? Yeah. There's so many agencies. T- well, and we have like, thing. so in our insurance company, we specialize in architects and engineers and and all of that. And But we have like electricians and stuff too. Right. And there we have so many working out there right now. I know that there is some sort of a plan that we're just not all privy to. And it's not that big of a deal. Like I could see it if you were traveling every single week as a businessman and you're constantly in Which like the B2 vast majority. You know why I'm bitching about it? Because it took 24 hours care. to get home last time. I don't care. <laughs> we had that didn't have anything to do with you walking no, in the airport. It was one in the morning and then we had to do that walk. But the vast majority of airline travelers are exactly what you just said. I know, but I'm just saying, the people, but you guys are the ones bitching about because it. Because it's poor. You built and the a- reason that it took you 24 hours to get home had nothing to do with the airport. airport. I, impression and then- I am bitching about it because we spent all the money to design a brand new modern airport and we created a situation where people have to, it is to get from security to gate like B20 something. It is a 27 minute walk. That's absurd. I don't give a shit. There's no other airport in the country where you have to walk 27 fucking minutes to get to your it's gate. Instructions, <laughs> But it, they could have designed that portion better. It, it may last. it may be we'll designed go back to having multiple security yeah. gates, I mean. or it may yeah. be designed better. They're just not using that, and and it's the use that you're complaining about, not necessarily the design right now. Until it's open, how do you yeah. know though? Well, no, no. The, they, I just they can't have said <laughs> yeah. There is a plan for it to go from point A from A gate to B gate right after security. But they like if they're doing the tunnel after the fact, they're fucking idiots. Maybe it's there and it's unusable right now. <laughs> That's not what the stuff I read. Because it's, it's Utah, not they there. Make their construction. They is are going to dig possible. it after the fact. Okay. Which is like, how does that get through? I don't know. But why are we arguing about this? Well, it doesn't even how, matter. But how does that get through <laughs> so many designers and engineers? Because it's not just structural engineers. Okay. They're civic engineers. How does it get through all those people and no one goes, yeah. "Hey, wait a second." Okay. Why are we arguing about this? Well, I, lo- I look at Bangor as like a prime example. Oh my people, god! People say, "Oh, they didn't have the money then. It, it, no, it they, wasn't ready. It, wasn't I mean, it was ten money. years ago." Look at what they're doing and they're with Mountain View Corridor. Just destroyed it and redoing they're, it, and they're not spending how much more than it would have been to do it in the first place. Well, look so. at Mountain View Corridor. They're doing the exact same thing, and when we sprawl out there, they're gonna have to do the exact same thing with Mountain View yeah. that they're doing with Bangor right now. The main issue is they just did not expect it to grow like it did, and it has. Well, they're stupid. So Again, that's up. that's poor city planning engineers. That's that's Stevens' forte, and yes. he, his fucking people Stay failed bad. there. <laughs> I think we had a similar discussion with him. Like we did when they put in. Bangator, they should have done what they're, they're doing now. I mean, everyone's looking at it, and everyone at the time said, that's not enough. You should build it that way. Like, you should build interchanges, not lights. Uh, and Because they were already in a point where they were doing easements when they were building it, and there wasn't a whole lot of shit there to begin with. And then, like, they let all these people build right up against it, and then they had to fucking buy all those houses up and bulldoze them. Uh, and Mountain View Quarter is going to be the exact same way. And they're putting in a hundred fucking lights on that thing. 
Well, it comes to the point where when you over-design, you're actually ending up saving money. Yeah, and I always, when I look at road infrastructure, I always point to the city of Phoenix because they are the fucking smartest people on the planet. They, whoever they have in their planning department, they're fucking brilliant down there. Uh, like, so I remember when I was a kid, my dad lived in Phoenix for a long time. And I remember the first time I went down there when I was like, I don't know, 14 years old, um, there was this new freeway being built on the outside of Phoenix. And it was like, like looking at it, I was talking to my dad. I remember very clearly, like it was way outside the boundary. Like it was quite a ways from the closest um, stuff, but it wrapped the entire uh, Metro area basically. And they had already had a couple other freeways built inside of that. And they were already planning another one outside of that. So fast forward a few years later, the second freeway that's even further out than that first freeway when I was a kid is done. There's not a whole lot of stuff around it. I'm out in Phoenix for work. Lo and behold, guess what? Those freeways are fucking useful. There's like big circles around the entire fucking thing. And the newest one doesn't have everything developed around it, but it's a full freeway. It was developed with the idea that it's going to continue to expand. And lo and behold, here we are now. It's expanded. It's outside that freeway. Now that freeway services like two sides and... Vegas' this freeway around the west side is actually really nice that way because mm-hmm. they put it in a long time ago so that you didn't have to go down, down the strip. Yeah. You could go around <laughs> it on their freeway system. Yeah. You could just do like Denver did and just like stick a whole bunch of freeways and just go, okay, take a string and just drop it and be like, okay, that's where that freeway goes. <laughs> Here's the yellow string. Okay, that's where that freeway goes. Yeah, their, their freeway system. That is horrible. I'm not, I'm not quite sure who planned that one in Denver. It's pretty bad. <laughs> So, but yeah, I, the Phoenix design, they just did a, a killer job with it. Uh, and I just, I think more people could do that. And we've talked about all this engineering stuff because this is all engineering, <laughs> yep. but it's not structural engineering. <laughs> a well, lot of bridges. Well, technically it's like the bridges and digging and stuff, that's structural. Yeah. 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 That definitely. aspect of it. But yeah, the city planning needs some help. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Like, I get back east. Like, their shit's fucked up for a reason. Because they were all planned back in, like, the old days where well, cities no, were... No excuse. Okay, so here's some props to to the Mormons again. See? See I'm not anti-Mormon. <laughs> Look at downtown. You have to say it. They had it built extra wide so that, so that wagons could turn yeah. around without having to do a whole bunch of stuff. And now it's not as clogged. He had the foresight to be able to say, let's, let's make this convenient, but we can't do that now. No, cause we're idiots. Yep. Well, and back east, back east has an excuse. They were built back when like towns were built around town centers. And so everything was circular. Walking. So when you go to like DC, it's all circular and there's yeah. like weird cross streets. It's like spokes on spokes. a wheel. Uh, and I learned that the hard way in August one year walking from a place I was staying to my buddy's house in DC to go visit him and have dinner. It took me like an hour to get there. I was fucking dripping sweat and he's like, dude, why didn't you use the diagonal streets? I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you could have cut your time in literally in half by just walking diagonal. What? <laughs> this was like, this was pre That's GPS how Seattle was. That, that, the center yeah. in Seattle, everything like. Yeah. I think we should also encourage all states to use diagonal crosswalks because I enjoyed that when we were in, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Colorado. 
diagonal walk, crosswalks. Yeah, so like, four way intersection. So they just in, stop all traffic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we were in what's the name of the town in Colorado uh, uh, at the foot of uh, Rocky Mountain National Park? I can't think of the name of it. It's uh, past Boulder. I can't. Anyway, it's where the Stanley Hotel is. We talked oh, yeah, about yeah, it in an yeah, episode. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, their Main Street, all of the intersections, um, they actually stop for crosswalks because there's so much tourist like foot traffic, but they did kitty corner like because crosswalks. you can because they ha- stop it all. They need so to you do can that just Jackson Hole on there like two yeah. main intersections. Yeah, yeah. like I think so in busy places like that's like that's the key because then you don't have to walk and then stop and wait and then walk and then stop and wait like you just. They, all, the they also had traffic cops during the height like the really busy days that ignored the lights and stuff. That, and people are so dumb, man. When the cop tells you, I find this at RSL games too. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. when, when you're going to leave and the cops are like waving cars to turn because they've got the crowd held back and the cars are just fucking stop and wait. And the cops like, come on, dumbass, move your fucking people car. I do like the new lights. The curb into the street. Have you crossed state now that they have the new yeah. intersection um, set up? I guess it was last week's game. What was the first time I yeah. went there and I, I saw those new lights on State Street. That's well, they changed cool. they changed that traffic flow, so now there's no street next to so the, the theater. So the theaters right. used to come down. So that's now it closed down right there. by the yeah. stupidest parking lot yeah. over there. So little known secret. I'm not telling you guys. Never mind. Nope. Fuck you. I'm not telling. <laughs> you. I'll tell you off air where the secret parking lot is. But no, it's <laughs> awesome. I don't want people to know. So. Yeah. Um, I don't. Did we miss anything? Because we really got off track and mm. did not really interview. I think we hit the, the high notes. Was there anything else? No, I think we hit the high notes. <laughs> I do appreciate you joining us. Um, what I, I you, you've heard the show before, so we do have another question for you, and that is, um, you're you're a native Utah. And you've been here your whole life. Uh, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in your life here? Um, I mean, obviously the national parks. That's probably a high for everyone. Um, I actually get to experience it again with my wife, even though she's a native Utah, she just uh, hasn't experienced any of the national parks. So it's just fun going with her through these areas and seeing that. Um, and then the Cottonwood canyons. Yeah. I love those canyons. Isn't it interesting how people have, who have lived here their whole lives? Like there's a lot of people that live in, in Utah their whole life and haven't, been to all the different parks that Utah has to offer. And yeah, like Bree said, she was one that had done that. And we've started going to some of the national parks and getting up into the mountains more. Um, but it's, I find that interesting that you can live in a place like this your whole life and not experience what it has to offer. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's not just national parks either. Uh, it's, I think it's really important to, to talk about the state parks because like yes. Capitol Reef is not a national park. That's a state park and it's one of the most beautiful places in the state. When you've got, uh, uh Antelope Island State Park. Mm-hmm. And then if there's you, the other If you don't island. mind gnats, Antelope Island's great. I don't know if the gnats are too bad on the Antelope Island. I, I haven't. Are they just oh, as bad? They're fucking <laughs> horrible. They're horrible. Yeah. All the, all the lakes and reservoirs. I mean, I love the water and, um, boating, wakeboarding, things like that. Like, yeah, that's really cool when there's water to do it on. Yeah, which we're <laughs> lacking in areas, but I mean, there's still water. You just gotta go yeah. find it. <laughs> you you got to find the boat ramp, yep. the one boat ramp that's open at most of these reservoirs right now. Yeah, there, there's not a lot open. There's a lot of closed boat ramps. It's it's really bad. So make friends with a local tractor and they'll launch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And I think that's going to do it for uh, the show tonight. Uh, if you like what you heard, um, please share it. If you don't like what you heard, you can share it. 
That's um, when you tell everybody. You know, they heard the worst podcast I've ever heard. You got to listen to this. Tell me how they bad had it is. this interview, mm-hmm. and then they just started fucking going off on we tangents on shirts. tour city the planning. New Utah podcast, worst podcast ever, or not the worst yeah. podcast. Or, we're not the worst. I don't want to say that. Worst. Still no, it's, the, it's the reverse podcast. psychology. <laughs> better, better than other podcasts. <laughs> better than most. Better than at least one other podcast. Better than some podcasts. <laughs> That's right. You don't got to be the best podcast. You just got to be better than the worst. The New Utah podcast. We're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every <Promising>. Wednesday. <laughs> um, you can follow us out on social media at TNU Podcast. TheNewUtah.com is our website where you'll find lots of write-ups on various things. Um, I got the last three weeks up yesterday. Sweet. Uh, or this morning. No, it was that yesterday. Was, that was kind of my fault because I wrote my blog really late and actually Jeremy turned in his on blog before yeah. mine. And, and so and then your third yeah. one was fine. It was after her first one, which was before your first yeah. one. <laughs> but uh, I just was... I've partially been busy. my fault. I've been busy trying to clean everything up before my trip next week. Um, but, uh, but we're yeah. back on track. We're back on track. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we got a lot of fuck. We're booked out through like October. So, um, we have a couple little, little oddity spaces open. We got a lot of exciting, but, exciting but I'll tell you, coming up. we are consistent because even though we're all going to Hawaii for our wedding in October, there will be a show. Two shows. Because Jeremy and Julie will be gone the first week, even though we won't be gone. They'll be back the next week, but then... Oh, that's right. You guys guys don't come back. Do we we have a guest scheduled the week we come back? No. I would venture to say let's not schedule a guest for that show. I don't think so, anyway. I I would say let's leave that weekend open. We'll just Just do this on the air. Uh, Because I I would love to to have a recap of the awesome vacation everyone's had. I'll have to look. I, I don't remember. I don't know. People, if you're still listening, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> have a good week. 